Hi, colleagues. It's John Fischetti. Welcome to episode 16 of We Will Get Through This, Transformative Leadership for Disruptive Times. And it's such a great honor today to have one of the world's preeminent scholars in the field of education and change and transformation, and probably my favorite thought leader in the field of education, Professor Yang Zhao from the University of Kansas. It's an honor to have you here today, Yang. Well, thanks, John. It's always you know, interesting and uh, enlightening to talk with you. <laughs> John, Young, you are recognized uh, by all of the people I respect in the world as one of the key thinkers about where we're heading with the notion of schooling, the role of what curriculum is, thinking about what we can learn, both good and bad, from the rest of the world. And as you look around, we want to talk today about the opportunities that this COVID reality gives school leaders to really not give up on their change ideas, but maybe to double down on them, but redirect them. And if you were advising a school leadership team today. What do you think the key messages you'd like to share would be? Well, I think that in a, a very strong message, John, you know very well that, that uh, you know, schools have been ruled by this called grammar of schooling. That's, you know, done 30 years ago, pointed by, you know, by great thinkers uh, like Tayek and uh, Tobin. And uh, it's, uh, I, you know, the schools have been running as a language, you know, so we are ruled by this grammar, you know, by how do we divide time? How do we divide curriculum? How do we divide? I think all the transformation work recently you've been leading is really having uh, rethink about that. Is to say how students can take more charge, students have more agency, how much cross-disciplinary subjects can be done, how learning can be more authentic. So I think this is a great time to do this because uh, uh, to remove that, in essence, schools are gone in, in that way. So there's no reason to replicate school in when there's no school. So, so <laughs> I said, you know, it's hard to change the grammar of school because you are, you are speaking that language. So I've been advocating and said, what if we speak education? Education is a different set of grammar. You know, the, 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 the grammatical rules will be different. So, so I think this is really a great time to rethink, just let's not pretend to have school. We don't have schools now. So the, why do you let those rules to, to, to rule us? I think this is a perfect time to do this because many of us have been trying to break schools, but we are not very successful, at least break the schools as we knew. And also in understanding that this is uh, no news to, to experts like you, John, that is uh, schools were created at a time when we did not know students as who they are, when we had a different word for demands, different labor force, we did not have the technology, we did not have any of this kind of things we have today. So today, if we were going to create a new way of serving education, not perpetuating schooling, would be different. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what the opportunity is maybe for rather than see this as a holdup to the change effort, it might be a way to, to turbo drive it because some things have gotten out of the way. You know, in Australia, all of a sudden the government that two months ago wouldn't allow a telemedicine visit to count for Medicare waved a wand and it now all counts. It's so you, yes. can be, you can be bulk billed. So things can be moved out. So all of a sudden end of year tests are moved or waived or year 11 marks will be used in lieu of an ATAR. And things are being made more flexible that were thought of as regimented, concreted in barriers. And so it could be in all of that, we have more permission to invent and think differently than we might I, have I, just I think, before. I think, uh, you know, speak of that, John, I think uh, what we need to do at this moment is to act very quickly with sense of urgency to take advantage of this temporary, you know, space and that suddenly be emptied, you know, and be, because if we don't do something, we will return to the same school. 
mm-hmm. we'll return to the same yeah. schooling. You know what? I'm hoping when we return to the same school, we return to a different education. Like for example, your your uh, your ATAR uh, uh, and your NAPLAN, and uh, in the U.S., of course, GREs. Can schools act quick into so to institutionalize no NAPLAN and to you capitalize on this opportunity? So, see, when there's no NAPLAN for one year, we're fine. Yes, we didn't have to. <laughs> no, and exactly. let's, re, let's rethink that about money. You know, so, like you know, we, we did not used to have NAPLAN. We we're fine. Now suddenly, one year we did not have that. We're still fine. Why do you spend money on reinstitute NAPLAN? Let's just do it and un- just get rid of it. Then, but we need to take action at this moment. One of the things that's worrying a lot of teachers who will stay in an extended time in some school districts in the U.S., the school year's over as we knew it. The next year could even start in this mode in states that are opening up too soon. Uh, Crazy things are happening where people can't accomplish the curriculum. As you've written and spoken so amazingly about, how do we then get those teachers on board that what we want to go is deeper instead of wider? Uh, Because this may be our opportunity to do that. Well, I think the first thing we, 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 we need to help people recognize that uh, curriculum, no curriculum is divine. You have to do it. I, I was, I'm surprised. You and I know this. There are so many people, even parents, uh, have a hard time understanding that a curriculum is made by some people and that can be undone. So that mm-hmm. kind of people say, I say word, but oh, my kids are behind. You're behind a what? Behind you know, what? That, that's, it's, it's, so so we, we, you know, I was just talking to a great uh, a creative thinker, you know, I'm talking to Ron Baghetto. Yeah, and, uh, he does research on creativity. We're just talking about, we are prisoners of our own imagination. Mm-hmm. We imagine this thing, this curriculum, you know, what is that thing? You know? So let's not worry about the curriculum, let's worry about the kids. Curriculum is supposed to serve the kids. Education is not something to accomplish. You know, it's not, you know, the, the, the idea about put a horse in front of the wagon, whatever the whole, the cart thing, you know, just- Yeah, the cart in front of the horse. And, and another big, big piece is also with the curriculum. Whatever has been prescribed was uh, somebody's imagination. And whether it fits your kids, teachers have to make adjustment anyway. That's what we call it now. We have to make adjustment. We have to rethink about it. I've been working with quite a number of schools now. They actually one school in Hong Kong, for example, they've been talking about teachers reflecting. Did we, do we really have to teach as much as we used to teach? Do we have to cover everything? And then they said, no, they don't. They, they talk to parents, you know, they, and also if you actually come down today, if kids, if you have realized you probably really need 20% of the time to cover what you, we used to teach. We really waste a lot of time doing other stuff. So, so I, I, I think for teachers, this is the best time to liberate themselves from the curriculum, to think about what's, what we really want to teach, what's really important to create a better education experience. But also teachers have to rethink about, you know, we used to be siloed, depends on the level you are in, in this subject, in the splintering of knowledge into subjects. But we know, you know all this is connected. We need to project-based mm-hmm. learning, authentic mm-hmm. learning, and that is, has to be cross-disciplinary. So why individual teachers have to work themselves so hard to make sure my subject is taught? Why can't we work together to design a big projects? Maybe the entire school work on big projects, and then they can go deeper, they can be more personalized, they can reach more interest and become more engaged. Uh, engaging for students. Fantastic. I've I've been uh, sort of against the concept of the flipped classroom that's been motivating a lot of conversation in the last 20 years, because in my day, 
the English teacher gave us an assignment and we did it. And then we came to school to discuss it. That wasn't called the flipped classroom in my day. It was called homework. Um, but I think what we can do now is flip the school, which you just said. Mm-hmm. So now we can think of ourselves as a faculty working together for the serve the interest of the learning of our students. And in that sense, we're, we're a, a thought leader team, not just our siloed experts, each doing our little bit to add up to wait till the end of the year and try again next year. I think it gives us a chance to flip the whole thing, not just the individual classroom. The, the also thing is that some teachers will be able to continue to use some of the technology-based tools that they may have been so scared to use because they will have become reasonable experts in that and say, we, can't, we don't have to do that rush each day through covering content. We got places we can park that. When we're together, we could actually celebrate our humanity and work together and create a positive culture, which is so much of what you've written about over the years, the, the ethos of a school and the feeling of a school. Yeah, that, that, that's really school. beautifully said. I, I mean, I think, for example, if we, uh, if we think hard, knowledge and information is not hard to get. Honestly, you and I talked a lot about this. If a student wants to learn something, they will find it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, that's that's yeah. really the yeah. beauty of it. So, so this say, okay, but everybody needs a purpose, a reason to learn something. And this brings to me uh, what I was sharing with you before our podcast was that a big concern I have in right now, COVID has high, you know, heightened the urgency of that, is that uh, the rising uh, exasperated xenophobia, racism, isolationism, uh, nationalism, I think it's uh, on display in almost every country and uh, in every place, every community. And we have been split, humanities. I, there are many reasons for this, and, but I would blame education has been misdirected to focus on literacy, on STEM, on PISA scores, on human beings as economical beings, not as human beings. That is, I think this is the time, if we did something, which we always aspire to do, global, digital, human beings, human interdependency, human interconnectedness. And that's what actually the trouble with education anyway. You know, I've been always talking about like, for example, right now education teaches people to be short-sighted and selfish. You get your grade, you can compete better in ATAR. You can beat the other kids down. You know, like ATAR is a, is a machine to manufacture losers because right, for you totally. to win, someone has to lose. But what, what we need to learn is that we are unique. We have a jagged proof of strength. The only way to do for us to realize our value is to make a contribution to others. We have weaknesses, so other people contribute to us. So that's a change in education paradigm at the local level. But on the grand level, we know diversity is good. But then when we meet with diversity, we try to homogenize it. That's what we call xenophobia. We're afraid, you know, fight or flight. You know, so I think this is the time if we build as a faculty, as a community, to create an education experience for our children to live as human beings, to learn about other human beings, that would be beautiful. So I'm doing this project, I call HIP, Human Interdependence Project. I hope, you know, I'll send you some document, and maybe some of your, uh, the schools you work with would like to join you. Our first initiative was running this as a, as a global virtual summer camp for students to learn about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is to create value for others. Mm-hmm. It is to create authentic products that illustrate how human beings are interconnected and interdependent. And out of that, we want to have a group of students from any place 
to become hipsters so they can create value for each other. Through creating value, they realize their value, they become better, they become more unique. I think that also helps the leadership team is that this podcast is intended for reorient or refocus what they're trying to innovate for. Because I think trapped in the normal sense of a regular school year where we'd be either toward the end in the Northern Hemisphere or sort of halfway through in the Southern Hemisphere, we end up with this drive toward what are we doing this for? And a reminder, we're doing this to build better people, to build a better planet. And in doing so, that might help drive a rethinking of the time we actually spend when we're in school should be as much about the humanity as opposed to the, the uh, rush to try to succeed in what all the ministers and other uh, mandates have asked us to do. So it's a really exciting venture. The hipster idea is very clever and I think also resonates with what young people are looking for. Because minus that, in the vacuum of the fake news and um, whoever's putting it out there, or the social media, which is, you know, Australian kids are now nine hours a day online, three of those in social media. They're just getting what they're hearing. School is the one place where if we establish the common good reality that started the need for public education to begin with, we might be able to drive kids toward what your vision is. And that is we're doing things to, to do no harm and to improve things, not just to climb over one another toward, you know, the one gold ring at the end of the prize here. Well, John, that's beautifully said. I think that goes to another one is that, you know, why do people go through, why do we subject ourselves to things we don't like? You know, actually, honestly, many teachers recognize, and this one said, we have been judged by a silly system. We know it doesn't matter, but we are judged by that. You know, we want to climb the ladder. We want to go to good university, better university, all those things. I think we, we have this imagined, uh, uh, what I call manufacturer sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. As if you had it, I won't have it. We created right. that, you know. We, we only have like, you know, eight or 99 can go to Melbourne Uni for medical school. And, uh, you know, but you, you manufacture it, but you don't have to do that. I think that the idea is maybe, you know, COVID, you, you, you say something beautiful. COVID collapsed a lot of systems. You know, like I said, you know, we used to do this way. Mm-hmm. How, you know, you, you were talking about medicine. I'm talking about my university, University of Kansas it was almost impossible to hold distant dissertation defense. You know, yeah. you know all these yeah. meetings. Now we have all these rules. You know, how yeah. do you know? <laughs> but suddenly, overnight, you don't have to convince anybody. You know, just, yeah, please do it. You know, it's just... It's, it's a great you, example. Just, just overnight, the, the system is gone. You know, so you don't have to do that. You know, like, like I, I bet if, if you try to convince... Um, uh, the, uh, this Akara or, or the uh, uh, Naplan people, let's postpone it. You know, kids now ready. You you will never get it done. You know, but then overnight, oh yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, <laughs> so I think this is a great time to collapse the system, to think outside the system. Remember this, you know, we are constrained by our own imagination, by our own system. But you know, I'm not trying to be idealistic. In and all trying to be hopeful. What I'm saying that I think uh, you know. I run a little show with uh, a bunch of people called the Silver Lining, uh, you know, for learning. So last week we had uh, Will uh, Richardson and uh, Chris Didi on the show. Chris Didi is one of the hosts. So, so and, and we'll talk about, about the future. People say, what do you think the future will be? I like the message uh, uh, Chris Didi said, we're not forecasting the future. We're creating the future. So I want to invite you and your podcast listener to say, it's not whether that's going to go away. It's what we do about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know not everything we do will come to have a better future necessarily. But if we didn't do something, the future might be a worse alternative. 
Yeah, that's amazing. If we were going to give a task, let's say you were in the room with uh, 25 great school leaders right now who are each trying to get their mojo back, um, what would you give them as a task to take back to their school teams to take those ideas and, and make them happen during the next several weeks where everything's a very ambiguous reality? We're sort of in school, but we're not. We're online, but is it really online? And it's going to be over, but then some states are letting people do go get tattoos. Well, I mean, my, my task, I think, would be very simple to say, you know, uh, create an alternative. Whatever you're doing, like something, some, uh, chop away uh, maybe 20% of your school time to say, I would like to do this. And because I think we have a very short time window. Yep. If we don't create alternatives, if people do not taste the difference, they will not be able to go back to bring that back. I think create an alternative. And then, for example, alternative of organized learning. Just how about we collapse in like three subjects? Now this teacher, you have to redo this. Uh, what if have students lead some classes? What if you say, so this is a good time to do this. What if, uh, or you, you do something that's okay, let's substitute some kind of homework assessment with some more authentic uh, work. Just to create an alternative and give to teachers and students a new taste, a different things, you know, a different possibility. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. And I think we do have permission for the balance of this year and into next, that flexibility where we won't be held, if we thought we were going to be held to some great accountability standard, that there'll be enough flexibility that whatever you do that brings people together, gets them excited, gets them passionate, gets parents involved and has learning at its core, but maybe in a different way, will not be told no, it won't be honored because what you're doing is rekindling the rationale why we even need to bring kids to school. If we can take in three to four weeks, the entire world's education system, higher ed, K-12, and put it in some various platforms, some of them clunky, some of them the bandwidth isn't working, um, then imagine what we could do if we did it right. I mean, we did it quickly. Exactly. Yeah. And now if we yeah. get back to school, what would it look like if we did it right? And I think your aim, your persona is all about how if we did it, so we cared deeply about each young person. We didn't focus on the result. We focus on the purpose. Let the, let the exam, if we have one, let that be a result, not the reason we do things. And let's not borrow bad ideas from around the world that have failed there and just call them our standard. We can invent our own bad ideas if we wanted to. Yeah. So I think what, what your, if, if our colleagues are interested, if, if they go to your webpage and see the list of your publications, your most recent ones, which challenge and push back at some of the standardization movement, including PISA, as it's evolved into its own corporate entity, including some of the learnings we can take from countries that may not be as good as we thought. I think some of the work you've done on side effects in the last couple of years is amazingly relevant for Australian market and our North American market here for this podcast. Um, I deeply appreciate the vision you bring, the passion, the curiosity, but also the, the nudge that you bring to every conversation. And as we end this, this episode, I really encourage our participants to reach out. They're always available for consultation if people want to get in touch. The network you're proposing through HIP is fantastic. We look forward to finding some schools to support you. But I also want our leaders to know that in these times, most of the world's great thinkers, such as yourself, are one degree of separation away from contacting them, getting to their primary source material, but seeking their advice. Because many people are grounded, their frequent flyer miles are stalled right now. Um, they have the opportunity to exchange with you. So reach out to the experts. They're just going to be right there to help. Don't give up on your change. Don't give up on what you're hoping to do. 
and maybe we can have some fun on the other side of this. Take some of the resources that have gone into assessment and turn it into professional learning for teachers so that they feel better equipped to do some of the things you were challenging us to do. The money's probably there. We just want to redirect it toward teaching and learning. Absolutely. I think the resources, they're actually, you need to redirect. I think you, your suggestion, but taking the time that you're preparing testing now to do this, and then, you know, practically it's removed a lot of excuses. You know, we're afraid of lab plan. We're afraid of accountability. This is gone. And, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I invite anyone to, to visit my website. You know, it's uh, uh, Zhao Learning, Z-H-A-O Learning.com. And uh, it's just always lovely talking to you. And anyone wants to reach out to me, you can, we can chat on Twitter or other places. And uh, thank you, John. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you. And we look forward to the next place you push us toward, Young. You're one of our key thinkers in the world. And I know the exciting collaborations you have will only continue post-COVID if there is such a thing. In the future normal, this new normal stuff, I think most of us are done with. The future normal is going to be an interesting world we create. This has been episode 16 of We Will Get Through This. And it's been our pleasure today to have Professor Yang Zhao from the University of Kansas with us. Young, thanks again for your time. Stay well with your family, and we look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Thank you very much.